0: What's up y'all, I'm Dr. Craig Walee, your host here on the Prison for Promise podcast where I explore strategies formerly incarcerated people use to build a life of promise and avoid a return to prison. Today on this episode, I'm joined by the brother Cardinal Sims, who overcame poverty, gangs and prisons to become a national speaker six-time author, master-certified empowerment coach, host of the Reentry Journey podcast, and a business owner. This brother's dope, y'all. After doing state and federal time, Cardell walked out of prison with a blueprint to success, a plan he put together while incarcerated. Cardell describes his journey as that of an inmate to an inspiration. Tune in and me and Cardell, chop it up, and share valuable information he learned and applied to free himself from the path of self-destruction. Don't want to miss this one. Right, let's go.
1: Brother Cardell, how you doing? Can you hear me? Can you hear me pretty good? Right on, brother. I hear you loud and clear. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, man. I've been watching you, and um, you're my inspiration, brother. Oh, man, I appreciate it. I just trying to set the tone, man. You definitely setting it, man. And you setting the bar high. You know what I mean? So I appreciate the work that you're doing out there. You know, trying to enlighten the brothers and sisters who have. Criminal justice involvement, you know, they need to see more people like you, like me, and other people who've been here on the Prison the Promise podcast, as well as people who've been on your podcast and others like ours. You know, it's not a whole lot of us out there making noise, but there's enough of us out there, I think, shedding light. You know, right? Yeah, Now I think that's the most important part. I mean, that that's what it was.
2: Uh, my whole mission was to. Um, Shed light to, sh- to show those inside that there are people who've been in your situation, um, gotten out, had a plan, they stuck to the plan, and they're doing some amazing things. So anytime yeah. I get the opportunity to to keep putting that in,
1: in the people that I work with on the inside faces, yeah, it's always a blessing. Absolutely, and I, you know I, I tell people often that is my life's work just what you described, this is my life's work, nothing else, nothing more, I'll die doing this work. Yeah. Yeah, right, Yes, me too. Absolutely, and again, there needs to be people who have lived experience really doing this work, again, to set the tone and let the people know, if I could do it, you could do it, and for me, was right. the story of Malcolm X, I said, if Malcolm could do it, I can do it, because he was a brother just like me, right you know? yeah that, to me to me to me i would say it
2: it was had to be um <laughs> Malcolm X something about that the um to see the transformation of a person dealing with the streets mm-hmm. and going to prison and then come out and becoming the 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 person who he became have, having the knowledge who, that he that he possessed the the the, the sense of power that he possessed the ability to put together these strategies, yeah, um, and, and see many different things. That was always a a major push for
1: me to be like, all right, um,
2: this is my capability.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, you talked about his knowledge and his power, and you know, I think because he was able to strategize, that's what made him powerful. Because oftentimes, mm-hmm. you and I both know. People know a lot of stuff and they're quite knowledgeable, but oftentimes they're unable to strategize and put the pieces together to make something happen. You know, right? That that's where power lacks if they can't strategize and make stuff happen. You know. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, and you know, you know we jumped right in, just like we old homies. You know, they Just <laughs> right. kicking it right <laughs> off. You know, so there was no introduction. Uh, there was no. No superficiality. So I appreciate that. But if I could just back up a little bit, because people gonna be listening to this and they're gonna wanna know, well, who is this dude, Cardell Smith uh Sims? What can you tell the listeners about who you are and where you're from, man?
2: Uh Cordell Sims, man, um, where do I where do I really go? I'm formerly incarcerated most definitely. Formerly incarcerated. I appreciate that some people don't like me using the term inmate. I always say I'm the inmate to inspiration. A lot of, with the terminology and everything going how it is now, you have know, to stray away from the terms inmate, offender, but I, I always say that's what I was. I was an inmate. Ain't yeah. no and if or buts about it. I, I wasn't in there talking about it, I didn't do it. Uh, I was involved in the streets real heavy, uh, in and out of prison, been to prison five times. Each time I went to prison, I was an inmate. I was doing what inmate does, uh, fighting, stabbing. I just was gelling, that's just what I was. Um, 19 year sentence at the age of 23 years old. Uh, When I walked into the uh, Missouri Department of Corrections, there was a sign written in red letters on the wall. And I think this is what made me become an inmate when you're 23 years old, you know. um, Let me go back a little bit because I'm, I've been to foster homes and juvenile detention centers. Um, I, 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 at 15 years old, I caught attempted murder case. I was I could play basketball real good. Uh, because of that, I was put into a foster home with stipulations that I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order for me to graduate high school, because I was on the verge of dropping out, I got involved in sports. That was my thing, playing basketball. So that got me through high school and I got scholarships. The thing was, I still had this mentality that I was a product of my environment. Environment mm-hmm. I grew up in was gang-infested, crime-written, you know how it goes. We Absolutely. You know, you know the challenges and stuff that we face And I always kept that as a product of my environment. My, my mother was on crack, my father was on crack in and out of prison. Uh, my household either had uh, drug addicts or alcoholics in it. Um, and so when I got basketball scholarships, I still carried this mentality. So mm-hmm. when I went to play college basketball, I, I was still hustling and gang-banging stuff on the college and living the college life, but playing basketball, I was good enough that they were keeping on the team. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, it, it came to a fork in the road where it's basketball, street life, and I chose street life. That's just yeah, you can't serve two masters. <laughs> yeah, that's what it came down to, basketball, street life. I was getting um, some money faster in the street life, and that's what I chose, and I ended up catching drug cases. And like I said, I walked in the Missouri Department of Correction as an uh, uh, ex-basketball star with 19-year with, with sentence for uh, g- uh, guns and drugs. And so I walked in there and they had this in red letters. First time I ever walked in prison, it was red letters on the wall. With, like I said, 23 years old, 19-year sentence on the wall. It said, said leave all, not some, it said leave all your dreams and hopes behind. I mean, so that's what I did my first prison bid, I went in there and left all my dreams to behind. getting the basketball, basketball is out the way. You're in a whole another different world. And this, this world I had to adapt to, and it was a maximum security level five. And so, you know, you're seeing stabbing, you're seeing guards getting beat with crock pots. You're seeing all these different things, and you got to figure out how you're going to survive in this, and you got to come over the way to survive. So. That's what I did. Fortunately, uh, a law, my first prison period, a law got passed, which cut um, the time, the mandatory time that I had to do was to serve in half for drug cases in Missouri. That's where I'm from Missouri. And so the 19, I was already going on my fifth year. Uh, so they gave me immediate parole hearing, uh, went to the parole hearing, fastest parole hearing in history. Uh, I walked in there and they told me I was part of the problem, had a few more years to go and asked me what I want to do behavior and drug institution treatment. I told them, yeah, I know at the criminal thinking, yeah, I do the behavior and drug treatment because I know it'll knock off the a year off the time. And it, mm-hmm. depending on how fast you get there, you got the possibility of getting out a year and a half, two years early. So I'm like, yeah, you know, who, everybody wants a drug program. We we going want to get out early. Sound so like I that's what you was it. really
1: focused on, getting out of it. Yeah, getting out early. That's how I, yeah, hey,
2: I'm going to take it. I'm going to get out. And so that's what I did. I took it. I got out a year and a half early, um, got out to the same neighborhood, same block, same environment, went right back to selling the same drug. Mm-hmm. Within within a year, year and a half of me being released, I caught a whole nother drug case. got a parole violation sent back to prison while I'm fighting a new drug case. Mm-hmm. I ended up beating that drug case on the county, on the technicality. I got out of prison and went right back to the same thing, same neighborhood, same Mm -hmm. environment, same drug, same Mm game. And uh, by this time, um, we was in midst of gang wars was going on, a lot of gang wars and stuff going on. Some people was getting shot, some people was getting killed. And what happened was everybody, like I wasn't the only one going through this. Um, All my friends, they was going in and out of prison too. So we was all on parole. And so what they did, they gave us all the parole violation, a technical violation for association, because it was a lot of like I said, shootings and stuff. So they was like, y'all can't be around each other. Stuff is happening. So a technical violation, they sent us back all the prison. Um, Hmm. Got out out of that. I went right back to doing the same thing, Uh, catch another case. I get a parole violation. I go back. And then one time I got out and I wasn't getting bothered by the police and nothing like that. And probably about a year and a half, two-year run, a uh, federal government came and picked me and 31 other people up.
1: Mm,
2: quiet uh, before the storm. Quiet before the storm. And when you look back in hindsight, you, I, I know, I could see when it all the storm was really brewing.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: what happened was um, they picked us up, conspiracy, and gang, conspiracy charges for a distribution of cocaine, a cocaine base, along with gang activity as well, mm. and. They took us all, it was like 31 of us, they was broke down in different indictments that was all connected. Yeah, don't play. Us. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't playing. So they took the, I was in one of the biggest, uh, I think we had like 12 or 13 people just on our indictment. So they mm-hmm. took us in the courtroom, they handed us these papers. And on the paper it had uh, your indictment, all the charges that you was facing personally. And I really wasn't concerned with that, I was really, Tripping on the fact that at the top of the paper said my name, it had my name versus the United States of America, um, and I'm I'm almost mid thirty, so I've spent um, my all my twenties in and out of prison, and begin with well, almost all my twenties in prison, mm-hmm. and then getting out and going in and out of prison, um, in between the late twenties and up to this point, and so I'm just like, man, why do I keep finding myself in these situations? And only answer I came up with was, What is this me? I kept putting myself in the situation. Um, so from that point on, I dedicated, I made a personal oath to myself, a personal contract to myself that I was going to dedicate um, to becoming a better person all the way around the board mm-hmm. to where I would be prepared. Because I do one thing every time I got out of prison, I never had no plan. And you always hear people say, When you plan, you plan to fail. Right, so right that's right. how I looked at it, like I, I never planned, I always failed. So maybe let me mm. try something different, start
1: thinking different, mm. <laughs> And all that, that came from go to Let me just say, it, it sounded like you got to this point where you were just starting to get frustrated and tired of going in and out of prison. And then you saw this big old entity up against you, probably figured, man, I can't whoop these jokers, the government. So you yeah. start thinking like, I got to find a different way to live this life. Oh yeah, so you know how how we think when the federal government pick you up, then the big
2: boys, uh, yep. you know, you, you graduated. yeah. And my graduation thing was, why do I keep finding myself in front of a judge talking about 10, 15, 20 to mm-hmm. life? And mm-hmm. now I'm here with the federal government and I know for a fact, whatever time I'm gonna get, it's gonna be 85% of the time. I'm yeah, gonna man. be here for, 80, ain't, ain't, no, ain't no federal parole. And like I said, I just came up with me like you the reason like you the reason why ain't nobody else yeah all the people that's telling on you all the statements all the people you know it is you Mm -hmm. and from that
1: point on I, i made a decision to to uh be the best me that i possibly can wow man wow and you know the light don't always go off for some people why do you think that is why don't the light go off for some people I think with me, the reason why um, it didn't go off for me because I'm just caught up in
2: everything. I never Mm -hmm. took the time to ask myself why this happened. I always took it at, this is part of the game. It's just part Mm of the game. I'm I'm supposed to go through this. This is part of the life. So it never clicked because Mm -hmm. I was moving too fast. Mm -hmm. It was just what hit me then was the fact that it was the federal government. Like I was used Mm -hmm. to seeing Cordell Sims versus the state of Missouri or Cordell Sims versus the county. But this was the feds. I mean, we I ain't really know how they operated, mm-hmm. but I had a sense of how they operated. Um, just yeah. from being in the streets, you see documentaries and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, all right, you can't get no higher than this. Mm-hmm. But that ain't the question is, why do you keep finding yourself in this, situ- this mm-hmm. type of situation?
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm also hearing um, is there was some fear there. He was afraid these folks gonna lose me up in here. These f- this federal government gonna swallow me. Oh yeah, most definitely. Well, I always, I, I already took it as a loss when yeah.
2: they came when they came and got me. I already, I took it as, uh I'm, they, I'm, it's it, because yeah. you know, um I, I did the ninth, I got 19 years before, and I, I, I got extra time. out of This is it, like. Yeah, yeah, you finna get lost in the system. Dang. I'm glad you said that because that was one of my biggest fears about no matter what, meantime I went to prison, one of my biggest fears, I had two biggest fears about prison. One was I was afraid to grow old inside of a prison. I did not want to grow old inside of prison. I seen people that was in prison that was 40, 50, 60, and you seen them old and we know how the physical medical staff yeah. i did not want to be old inside of prison that yeah. was one fear Um uh, the other fear was um that i didn't want to be in prison and a natural disaster or worldly disaster happens and now i'm stuck in prison i can't get out i can't I'm, i just how i gotta go out so i think it all boiled down to me dying in prison mm-hmm. so with that fear and then me facing the federal government knowing that it's a possibility that i'm going to be getting 25 30 years um what do you you know how <laughs> you yeah. Yeah. How, how, how do you find yourself here? Like, well, yeah. Let's get to the root, because I'm a yeah. root. I like to get to the root of the problems, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. and I had to get to that root. Like, why? Why are you
1: here? You know, makes me I think can't... about when I was a kid, and we, our parents and my auntie used to make us work in the garden, and the roots would always uh, pop up. I mean, the uh, uh, weeds would always come up, and they would always tell us, mm-hmm. "You got to pull it from the root. That way, it don't grow back. Right. Got to get it at the root." Yeah, so just you talking about that makes me think about problem always is at the root, and we are at the root. Yeah, We have to realize that. Yeah. And so if I could fast forward, because back to a point where you had dropped off before I kind of interrupted, but you talked about you made up your mind that you are going to essentially become the best you that you can be. What did that look like? How did you begin that process? At, at the point in time, I didn't
2: know what it looked like. Uh, when I made this, I, this, my only thing was, it looked like me being free. Mm. <laughs> Whatever it was, it looked like me not ever coming back to prison again. Mm. Um, so the process began with me reading. I started reading different books. Uh, it wasn't the hood novels I was reading anymore. I was able to order books. So I would order a uh, goal setting by Brian Tracy, think and grow rich, super rich, uh, knowledge itself, how to Hustle to Win uh, was the book that really opened it, opened it up to mm. for me to start investing in my knowledge. I read the book, How to Hustle to Win. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a big thing in the feds. Uh, and it's a book that is telling you legit ways to, to hustle and win, but it's telling you how to tap into yourself, not at yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it, The greatest really, knowledge. Yeah, and it's written by like a, a, a five percenter. Okay. So you're getting this type of knowledge mixed with uh, business ideas and stuff like that, and so they had a How to Hustle Win Part One and Part Two, and it was just so relate- relatable to me and, and the lifestyle. It was written in our culture. The person uh-huh. that was written, I think his name was like a Supreme Understanding or something like that. Okay. So it was giving examples and stuff like that that you could really see and relate to, and from that point on, I just started doing knowledge itself. self. I uh, mm-hmm. started reading books, and then I ordered the book, The Knowledge of Self, mm-hmm. Science of Self, because I know in order to fix self, I need to understand self. Why equals self? <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so I had to start studying them things about myself, uh, just how the body operates, how the, the, the faculties of the mind and subconscious, your consciousness, you know, super consciousness. So I started reading all these different books on that, because that's the only way I can learn about building a vision and goal setting, which I was mm-hmm. going to need to build mm-hmm. a plan. So that's where, that's where, all the, that's where it started with just read, read, yeah. cut yeah. out the hood novels. Let's start reading something for real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I did. I just started reading, reading, reading. Uh, wow. Amongst that, you know, education, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how I can say this. The more education that you get, the more further, the uh, uh, more wider you can take your vision in the sense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now you, you're knowing things, you're seeing things, you, you you know, educated yourself on your things and you're like, oh, well, this person did this and this, and now you can see yourself doing it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, and so that's what happened. So from that point on, once I read the book on how to set goals mm-hmm. by Brian Tracy, I mm-hmm.
1: started to just start set daily goals for myself while I was incarcerated. Dope. And you know, you that was piece, what you, you just mentioned about, you know, the more you educate yourself. And a lot of people think education means going to school, getting degrees, getting certain certifications and whatnot. And I think that's that's one aspect of uh education, but the true education is when you know yourself and understand your strength and your, your potentials, you know. And so I'm glad that you just highlighted that for our listeners who may hear this, you know. Yeah. It was most definitely because um the school of thought
2: that I come from, it, it says to know yourself know thyself and know God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the school of thought I come from, more science. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was already um under a school of thought of, of knowing thyself. I yeah. just never applied it. I never really got deep into it. It was just mm-hmm. I I'm a I'm am a mo. You know, hanging yeah. <laughs> out know yeah. is in oh, prison. you do yeah. the mo, man. Yeah, I'm I'm a yeah. mo. You know, and I never really took on the seriousness of the principles and stuff like that because it was a dormant
0: seed.
2: All right, when I first came into prison, you was up under the it, the temple was ran. It was more of we was security for a lot of people inside the prison. We was more of a um, what 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 they call what what is it called called the brothers. You got the the um, you have the mild manner guys that's in the in the temple. Then you had like the revolution. I was out the temple I was in, we was more of the revolution instead of more of the the um, knowledge the self side.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
2: so, you know, I would really have never, but once I started studying all these other things, I went back and started understanding the uh instability of man, understanding why I became inconstant, understanding how uh taking a lot of stuff uh just for granted, not you know, I want more, but I'm not even content with the stuff that I do have. I just started understanding myself. And once mm-hmm. I started understanding myself, I started setting a vision and having expectations for
1: myself. And that was yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. And and as we know and understand both you and I and probably many other people that are listening, you know, knowledge of self is at the root, it's the key, it's the it's the master foundation. But what I'm also thinking about is we need supports along the way. You know we can't do it all alone. Can you talk about what your support network looked like as you began to bend a corner and started to figure out your way? And so while while,
2: while in prison, my my support network was just close um, family members. Yeah, and, and they were, and it wasn't support as far as like money and stuff. It was support like I, I want this book. Mm-hmm. I, I never I never wanted the money. Just send me this book. Right. I'm on this book, I'm on right. that book. And um, then I took this class inside of prison called uh, Consciousness and Success. Mm. And the people that was in this class became the support because they was on the same type of stuff that I'm on. Now we're talking yeah. about the federal system where everything is segregated. Now yeah. it, I mean, you got race is the segregation, but amongst the race inside the cars is different segregation as well. So you got different race and different cars inside this class. But one thing we had in mm-hmm. common, we was learning about consciousness and success mm-hmm. about um, certain things that apply to you being successful and dealing with um, your, the, your consciousness of things. Yeah, And so we became each other's support system right then and there because a white dude might have a book that, you know what I'm saying? I I ain't never read. I didn't have, and you know, a lot of in prison, you get them real tough, knowledgeable books. People hold on to them. Mm. So you they uh, they they be they don't want to let them go because something can happen to them. They cherish them. It's like gold. And so yeah. being in that class, we all understood that we was on the same page. So we would all come to class with different books that we referenced. And that became, then when I got out, uh, the same family members um, that had my best interests in hand, they became my support system.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: um as far as uh supporting me when i started my company uh because when i got into the halfway house that's when i started taking the life coaching courses and became mm-hmm. a master certified. by the time i left out of the halfway house i already had a diploma for uh life coaching but i kept going to school and became a mm-hmm. master certified and so once that happened i started cool. my business right. um the same people would help me set up my own speaking engagements mm-hmm. and then i bought uh speaking engagements would be free but They'd come in, they'd be able to buy books, buy uh merchandise and stuff like that. And that's how I would make my money. And oh so my. it was just really regular. Um, my mother, my uh, my my at this time she wasn't my wife, um, but my wife and a couple other people, they was my support system on, on the outside, but on the I inside, know. um they was as well by sending books.
1: Right. You know, and your 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 journey sounds so similar to mine as far as, you know, gaining this knowledge of self while incarcerated, realizing that I got to live my life differently, really not wanting your people to send you money and commissary, but sending books, stuff that could feed your consciousness, stuff that can help you make better decisions to live a, a more fulfilling life, you know, mm-hmm. and One of the things um, that you just dropped and I'd like for you to maybe tell the folks about, and that is what you're doing now, your business, your public speaking, your your master coaching and and, and all of that. And I know you're an author, a public speaker, um, an educator, and I'm sure I'm missing quite a few things because I know you got a big old hat. Yeah, I I try to take on a lot of things, but but it all coincides.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I used to tell people before I got out, you know, one thing you always hear, man. You can't. People come and violate that federal probation. Man, you can't walk it down. Is this impossible? They showing up at your house nine, or ten o'clock at night, two or three o'clock in the morning. They got this patch on you. The patches is messed up. I heard it all. Yeah, and I used to also. I used to tell them, I'm like, when I get out, I'm gonna walk it down, and I'm gonna come back and teach you and show you how it's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. And we all laugh and joke, but I, I used to be serious about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was that was my goal getting out. And so mm-hmm. now. I, uh, that's what I do. i yeah. got the, a reentry academy. I started a reentry academy on the inside reentry academy. Yeah. It's called on the inside because on the inside it covers two factors. I know for a fact, you know for a fact that reentry starts on the inside of prison. You cannot wait to get out to start to reentry. It starts, uh, we should be preparing for, we should be preparing for a person's release from the first day they get sentenced. Just because like a treatment how it plan be. that
1: a doctor has.
2: Exactly. As, long as they diagnose you, they got a treatment plan for you. They got a treatment plan. And that's how that's why it's called on the inside. It's a two-fold thing. On the inside of prison, and reentry starts on the inside itself. That's right. And and them and them I took them two things that I knew for a fact and I turned it into a reentry entry academy. I want to go on the inside of prison and work with uh those incarcerated on personal development and making a mindset shift.
1: Um,
2: mm. uh, because there's uh, and I base it on these things because there was, when I got, there's resources out there. I'm just going to be straight up yeah. honest. There's resources out here for formerly incarcerated now. You got a lot of people who was formerly incarcerated, who got out who's doing some amazing things, who's opened up some resources, laying, whether it's barbershop, whether it's trucking, whether it's speaking, whether it's mm-hmm. coaching. It's mm-hmm. just something. Then you got people who not formerly incarcerated, but they opened up their own uh, reentry programs as well. Yeah. So now you're getting help with housing or uh, yeah. transportation. Like it's so much help. Yeah. You got to know how to utilize, you got to have a mindset to come out and take advantage of it. Right. Um, so what I, what I seen in Missouri was, uh, I'm friends. It's crazy. I'm friends with a lady who's a, a PO. She, uh-huh. they had a pilot run program that they gave to her to oversee. Uh-huh. Uh, if you was a high alert a high risk coming out of prison, you got put in this program. Now as a crim, uh, so I'm gonna break it down on how they they were seeing it the, on the criminal side. On the criminal side, the, the, the bad part of the program was you had to drop, you had to call in and make sure you might have to drop a UA every day you call it in and your color came up. You had to go to two or three counseling sessions every day and then you had some other classes throughout. Let's say you had to do a total of uh, seven, eight classes a week, but you mm-hmm. had to call in every day to drop a UA criminally person they ain't got the mindset be like man that's just too much to right. so get what they're off to get the, the flip side of it that's just the criminal thought I've been there but the flip side of you coming out with the mindset to take advantage of these resources they help you find a job they mm-hmm. supply you with transportation mm-hmm. they're gonna help you find a place to uh live and pay your first month rent and security deposit oh man you get five hundred dollars just free money and they give you a phone, and they pay the bill. With a positive mindset, you coming in there like, "Oh, yeah. man, I'm coming. I'm gonna win." Yeah, said is designed and set up for me to win. I'm not tripping off the classes. Right, I'ma do that. That ain't nothing <laughs> because I expect that from myself. Yeah, I expect to get out and do that. But what was happening was people weren't showing up to the counseling sessions and none of that, and so she had to call them all in and kind of make them write out their own warrant, saying, "If I don't," start showing up to the class and stuff like that. This is my warrant for my arrest. And mm-hmm. I said that was a mindset thing. And that's mm-hmm. why I chose personal development and mindset. And that's why and that's why I do on the inside reentry academy. Like you said, I'm an author I, 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 I write books, uh it make the inspiration is my uh, biography. I just dropped a new book. Well it's not new it's just revised and new edition of this book Hustle Attitude Vision and Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, tapping the keys to Tapping into your human potential. And I run my podcast, The Reentry Journey. We haven't did no episodes in a while. We finna come out with a uh, season two. So we getting things together. But anything that got to do with reentry, whether speaking, going in prisons, teaching, mm-hmm. I'm there. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. let me know. Uh, <laughs> virtual and all. So
1: that's really what I do. And that's what I love to do. That's my purpose. Dope, man. That's dope. I got goosebumps over here listening to you, brother Cardell, because I know you the truth. You know what I'm saying? And so, if anybody wanted to reach you, how can they reach you for a speaking engagement, to cop one of your books, or anything like that? Uh, just um, Cardell,
2: I am Cardell Sims. But this Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, my website is uh, Instagram, this is Cardell Sims. Uh, I'm finding me, and I don't think uh, I know. People say they see me in a lot of stuff, and I do a lot of stuff in reentry. But uh, I, I let people know I'm gonna work with you. I'm gonna yep. work with you. Don't don't worry. This don't worry about the hardness of the budget. I'm gonna work with you. If I if I can get in there and get in there, come holler at me. Let's let's make it happen. I, I'm ready to go. I'm down for. I do free. I'll do half your budget, Whatever. It's just because yeah. this is what I love to do. When I walk mm-hmm. in there, my purpose is to educate and be the walking example to those incarcerated. When you get out, this is this is what you can do. And mm-hmm. I like in, with my class. I do the same way. When I go into class, like I, I, I thought myself on, I used to say, I want to be the first person to get out of prison to start a program and go back in prison, but it's not connected with a prison fellowship and, and yeah. you know the basis people that's in prison.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and then I ran into a person that was actually doing it and it became my mentor, Andre Norman. So mm-hmm. when I, I see Andre Norman actually doing this, I said, man, so this is possible that you can be formally incarcerated, come back in with your own program. And I said, "What, well, man, but I said I just don't want to be stuck in one prison. I want the capability to be able to go in multiple prisons and Over that's why function. I design that's why I designed the virtual side.
0: Mm-hmm. so
2: now I'm able to be in multiple prisons like I'm in multiple prisons in different states. that's mm-hmm. because I got the personal development the virtual side yeah and, and that's a big thing and I want to be one of the first to do that just people so it's like we're gonna cut out the excuses. You know, Mm -hmm. so when I come in on the virtual, even my physical program, I bring part of my classes, have a guest like you and other formerly incarcerated people come in, share their story, share their game of what they're doing. Because I want to keep like I said earlier, I want to keep pumping in your face. If you're incarcerated, I want to keep pumping people in your face. that's formerly incarcerated. That's getting out, doing some amazing things. It's not just me. Yeah, it's not just me. So right. you can eliminate that belief. So yeah. you can eliminate, because I'm showing you, it's
1: not just me, it's a whole bunch of us. You oh. just got to have the mindset to come out and do it right. Absolutely. And each person that you put in front of them might be the person that sparked them. If it ain't you, somebody else might have the message. Right. Right on. I'm exactly. With you. So let yeah. me ask you this, man. If you could summarize your journey from federal prison or from the time of a youth when you were in gangs and witnessing all the crime and drugs and all that to where you are now. How would you capture that in a phrase or in a title or anything of that nature?
2: Mm. I always, uh, my phrase is what I always say. Um, I grow what you were born into. Don't let the Mm. limitations of your background reduce the height of your
1: potential. Um grow what you were born into. Yeah, I'll grow what you were born into. I'm writing that down.
2: And don't let yeah, don't don't let the limitations of your background reduce the height of your potential. That's my main saying right there. Um, don't let the limitations of your background reduce the height of your potential. Mm. Once you tap into your potential your expectation changes yes sir and how you
1: perform yes sir as it a, as a, a changes things you yes, go after sir. it changes most definitely yes sir and all of us i think are grown are born with this great potential but well, sometimes we're born into these situations that overshadows our potential and all we see or all we experience is the trauma the drama and things that don't feed us that we we remain stymied and stunted. You know? Exactly. We let the um. We let the law of beliefs, to me, I always say we let the law of beliefs
2: dictate our, our potential because we learn, we go through so much stuff and then we start to believe a certain thing and we start believe that this is how it is. Mm-hmm. And the law of belief says we don't believe what we see, we see what we already believe. Right on. <laughs> you see. Me? And yeah. so that what you already believe, you already believe that you can't do this, you already yeah. boxed in. Yeah. and so um I'm not gonna go on your reticular activate system, that's all it's yeah. gonna pick up. Yeah. What's relevant yeah. to yeah. you and what's yeah. a potential threat. So you yeah. got to reprogram what's relevant to you mm-hmm. and start seeing things different in order to, to do that. So and that's yeah. why you talked about that mind shift from the inside. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah that's why i go in. when i said i go in on the inside i'm going in on the inside are we going in on the inside of you deep dive deep dive we got yeah. to understand i want you to know uh are you left brain are you right brain why do you think the way that you think how mm-hmm. did you learn what's your learning mm-hmm. pattern what's your perception pattern like you need to know mm-hmm. all this about you because that's it so. plays in every aspect of your re-entry you want to Absolutely. know this so when you go get a job you go get a job that fits your learning style your personality so you won't be quitting that job every two weeks because it's
1: just not you. Yeah, when you pursue training or whatever, you pursue the right kind of training. Not (laughs) the training that's sexy, but what fits you. But what fits you? That comes back to education, you know? Understanding what your true potentials and proclivities are and doing the things that's going to bring those out, you know? Most definitely. I'll say that
2: education is... uh, if you say what's one thing that got you to where you at and made the transformation, it would be education. Mm, um, yeah. um like you said, it's not the sit-down school and education, it's not the um you learn it, you learn education that way, you learn it through experience, but sitting down reading, studying self and yeah. stuff like that, that's a whole nother different uh ball game. Cause now you it's not it's not the physical work that you're putting in. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. It's, it's 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 it's, yeah
2: it's that emotional psychological yeah it's that getting to the it's that root that emotional psychological really determines how you react and how your action is physically so that's what we're tapping into on the inside
1: i call them i call it otis on the inside otis on the inside dope i like that and with that brother cardell i think we're gonna call it a wrap oh man you i appreciate know? you having me man because you know we can we can talk on and on about it, man,
2: because it's yeah. just that issue, and you know, minister what you do when it's your passion. It's um it's just a blessing to be able to get out there and, and be a walking example for those that's coming home, those who've been in a similar situation. And to me, each I, I get inspiration out of everyone. If I wake up in the morning and I see you on LinkedIn doing what Doing what mm-hmm. I feel like this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, man. That's inspiration you know, brother right. top of podcast. So let me eat you up, man. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Get on here. Absolutely. You're one I'm of my inspirations, brother. That's crazy. Man. And you gotta and know that. To um for me to reach out and have you as a guest on my podcast. Me and I had to been watching, and you was the inspiration to me as well. And I felt like your story yeah. uh, needed to be out. So I really appreciate you having me coming on. Absolutely. Um, your podcast, sharing my story, uh continuing to work. Absolutely. And um I appreciate you you coming out with this plat this platform. it's much needed. We 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 need to continue to keep pumping and, yes, sir. and not just uh in the world's face, yeah. but especially those that's getting out, they got tablets inside of prison. So they Absolutely. able to see stuff like this now, and yes. that's important.
1: And that's what I'm doing it for, mostly for those people and for those family members, man. And so, again, it's reciprocal. You know, you inspire me. I inspire you. You inspire me. And let's inspire the world, brother. Most definitely. True indeed. Yo, brother, you have a great weekend. And I'll be in touch with you to let you know when this episode drops. All right. You too, man. Keep keep it, keep it moving. Absolutely, brother. K-I-M. Keep it moving. <laughs> All right. Peace. All right, brother. Peace.
0: Hey, what's up, y'all? If you or someone you know would like to share their story of Prison to Promise here on the Prison to Promise podcast, please hit me up with a quick email at drcraigwalee at gmail.com. That's d r c r a i g w a l. E E D at gmail.com that's Dr. Craig Waleed at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you peace